Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and thank you for listening to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. Today I have part one of a lesson that was previously recorded dealing with the subject of truth, and it is called What the Truth Can Do. When we think about our Lord and Savior and His teaching, I think we recognize that Jesus was very clear. There was nothing veiled about what He said. There was nothing deceitful about what He said. There was nothing hypocritical about what He said. What He taught was straightforward and it was easy to understand. Yes, I recognize that Jesus did teach in parables, and yes, there were some difficult things, but for the most part, the basic message of our Lord and Savior was easy for people to understand. So in John chapter 8, verse 32, he simply said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This reveals that there is power in the Word of God, power in truth. To destroy that which binds us. It makes us aware that truth is more than words. Truth is what we understand and what we practice according to God's word. Truth is that which helps us to understand and to recognize lying, deceit, falsehood, deception, all of those things that exist in the world. When God gives us the truth, he gives us a weapon to deal with all of those things that are going on in the world that Satan uses to try and trap us, to try and bind us. So he tells us that the truth can make us free. We want to look at some other things that the New Testament specifically reveals about what the truth can do for us and what the truth can do with us. And again, we want to spend some time in John's gospel, back in John chapter 3. Jesus here is talking to Nicodemus, and as he concludes his, his, his discussion with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, in verse 21, he said, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. When we obey the truth, we're moving in a particular direction. And the truth is given to us to make us move in that direction. And the direction we're moving in is into a closer relationship with God. This morning we noted in James, gospel, in James epistle, in James chapter 4, when we looked at verses 6 through 10, where it talks about our drawing near to God. What we learned was that some of those disciples that James was writing to had gotten off course. They weren't following God's word. He was directing them back to God's word to submit to that word and follow that word, to allow that word to be their guide. And James is saying the same thing. He's saying the truth, God's word, which is given unto us, is practiced in our life. It is a light that directs us to God. If I want to know how to find God, 
I go to his word and that directs me into a relationship with him. Truth is light because it is a contrast to the darkness. It is a contrast to the deceit and the error and the falsehood that exists in the world. And it's light because it directs us away from that darkness. It directs us from error to truth. God does not lead us in a way that is going to entrap us. God leads us away from the traps into freedom. Jesus said here in talking to Nicodemus in verse 19 that men love darkness. They don't want their deeds manifested. They do things behind the scenes. They cover things up. The child of God lives in, works in, is directed in light, and that is the light of truth. And that truth is given to us to direct us in that light to a closer relationship with God. Back in John chapter 8, Jesus said that the truth is given so that it can convict us. Jesus here is dealing with the religious leaders and they have been deceptive. And so when he rebukes them for their deceptiveness, oh no, they excuse it away. You misunderstand. We never did that. We never said that. That's not our intent. What they did not understand was that as God who came in the flesh... Jesus knew what their intent was. Jesus did not have to have them explain things to him. He knew exactly what they were thinking. He knew that they were trying to trap him in error so that they could convict him of error. And so he said in verse 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, and there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. But then he said in verse 46, Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? The truth is given to convict us. God expects that we can compare his truth to what the lies of the world are and that his truth will expose those lies. And then once exposed, he expects us as reasonable individuals, individuals made in his likeness and his image, individuals that have minds to think and recognize that when we see what is right that directs us to God, we will choose that way and not the way of the world. And so when his word convicts us, he expects that we're going to respond in a way that will demonstrate we understand and believe the truth. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. We don't have to go into all the message that exists in Acts chapter 2, but as Peter preached... Peter preached Jesus as the Christ. He preached Jesus as the descendant of David. He preached Jesus as the fulfillment of the promises of God. The evidence of his resurrection being the fulfillment of those promises. And when those individuals heard that message, those among them who recognized the truth were convicted of that truth. And we know that because of what verse 37 in Acts chapter 2 says. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They responded to the knowledge of the truth because they were convicted 
of that knowledge. It's hypocrisy that exists in the world today among individuals to hear the truth, to recognize the truth, but then to ignore the truth. A third thing we can note in thinking about the concept of truth is that God provides truth in order to direct us to him so that we can engage in a special relationship with him. We can become his children. Thus, the truth is given to provide the means for us to become his children. In James' epistle, James chapter 1, in verse 18, it says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. He begat us. Uh, that's the concept of creating. And so he, in effect, is saying God with his word has created us anew. What is he talking about? He's talking about becoming members of the household of God. Because when we obey the gospel, we become part of the household of God. We have a relationship where we can call God our father. Paul, in writing to the Romans, in Romans chapter 8, talked about this beautiful relationship when he shows that in obedience to the gospel, we are no longer in bondage to Satan, but we're more than simply let free as if we've been sprung from a trap. We are now set free to engage in this beautiful relationship. So in verse 15 of Romans 8, he said, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby he cry, we cry, Abba. Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We become the children of God and we become heirs of all of his blessings. But in becoming heirs, what the truth also does is the truth gives us a new lease on life. Just as we noted, it, it recreates us, as James said. We're be, we begat, we are born again by the word. And so Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're brand new. We don't have to carry around the baggage of the old life because the promise of God is that when we obey him, he forgives all our sins and all of our iniquities. Hebrews 8 verse 12, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Clean slate, totally every sin washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ that we now can become part of the household of God with all the rights and all the privileges to address him as our heavenly father and have full expectation of the blessings that he would bestow upon his children. We are given the truth not simply to practice it once but to be maintained by it. And so Jesus on the night of his betrayal as he prayed to the Father in John 17, verse 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
we are given this beautiful opportunity, this blessed relationship to become children of God by obedience to the word. But what good is that beautiful relationship if we give up on it? And if we go back into the world, you know, Peter talked about such ones and he said how sad it was to think about these individuals who had once been children of God, but have now departed and gone back into the world. He says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge or through the word of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them but it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. How sad it is to think of escaping the pollutions of the world. Escaping the condemnation that comes with being an enemy of God. Escaping the wages of sin which is death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Escaping all of those things only to go back into the world. Being let free from the trap that Satan sets only to walk back into that same trap again. And so we look at an individual and we say, why would one do that? When we give up on the word, when we stop following the word, when we no longer allow it to sanctify and cleanse and purify and separate us. Again, this morning we talked in James 4 about our drawing near to God and what that required. It required separation from the world. And that's what the word is designed to do. It is designed to lead us constantly in a direction away from the world. The only way we get back to the world is to give up on the word. The only way we go back to darkness is to put out the light. The only way that we go back to the world is to stop listening to the word of God. That sanctification is guaranteed to all those who are members of the household of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, and talking about this beautiful relationship of the husband and wife as it mirrors the relationship of Christ and the church, he said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Everyone who obeys the gospel is sanctified, is cleansed by the word. Okay, so we'll conclude part one of our message dealing with what the truth can do. Please come back again next week for part two. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so much for listening to On Eagle's Wings. <laughs>